2: Now, Rachel, I want to I want to let you in on some some current events that are that are going on. Um it, okay. so the <laughs> the account uh, you know it's got 74.1 thousand followers. It's called at PopTings. Um, verified, although it doesn't matter anymore. But you know, it's it's pop culture updates and whatnot. It's like a it's like a tabloid. And it reported on May 9th that Tom Cruise, you know, beloved actor, Tom Cruise. Is reportedly in quotations extremely interested in Shakira, close quotations, and sent her flowers after they hung out together at the F at the uh, F one Miami Grand Prix. Huge news, crazy stuff. Now, you know the world was just recovering, was was just trying to grapple with that that reality. Correct. And then this morning, and then twelve hours ago, on uh, on on May eleventh. Or, yeah, well, it's May. Yeah,
1: it May 11th? it's May 11th.
2: Okay. Um, on May 11th. The news broke. Um, and, it, and it's sad news, Rachel. Oh, no. The news broke that Shakira, ha- by PopTings as well, that Shakira has, in quotations, no interest in dating, end quotations, Tom Cruise, and thinks the rumors and reactions are, in quotations, hilarious, end quotations. Rachel, if that ever, I'm I'm not, like, I'm telling you, if that ever happened to me.
1: Oh, that's so harsh.
2: I would, like, I think I would just, like, walk into the ocean until yeah. the sea took me to Like,
1: death. just pack it up at that point. I
2: would never recover from that. And I know this is Tom Cruise, and he's, you know, millionaire, and you know, one of the most beloved people in Hollywood and all of his movies are guaranteed hits, whatever, but like
1: also a Scientologist, Yes,
2: also a Scientologist. We have to obviously have to say that, but like
1: also extremely attractive in a few good men. Hello. (laughs)
2: Well, yeah. Young Tom Cruise.
1: Oh my God.
2: But like I would, if that ever happened to me, I would literally never recover from it. That would ruin, that would ruin me for the rest of my life. I cannot (laughs) believe that.
1: You, you would be Joe Exotic. I will never financially recover I will never. From I would never emotionally recover from
2: that. Like, for real. <laughs> I can't. So I just wanted to start just in case, you know, everyone's, you know, had, having a bad day or they just got dumped or, you know, like they're- Tom they, Cruise
1: is having it worse. I was,
2: yeah, like, it, 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 you know, someone's logging in this podcast being like, oh, man, I shot my shot and it didn't go through and, ah, oh, this is terrible. I'm going to listen to this podcast for some comfort. Just know that it happens to Tom Cruise as well. Just on a bit of a bigger stage, but happens to Tom Cruise as well. Um, Rachel, it's the podcast. Um, Thankfully, It is a
1: podcast.
2: (laughs) It is. I said it's the podcast.
1: Um,
2: So thankfully, the Philadelphia Flyers gave us some great content this morning. Um, I
1: love the Philadelphia Flyers.
2: Look, they are never boring. Never boring. Why is it
1: always, question. Why is it always that one orange team always has to be entertaining? Like... Sometimes it's the Oilers that are entertaining. Sometimes it's the Flyers that are entertaining. It's never like neither of them. It's always got to be one.
2: Well, Rachel, because it's a new era of orange. I want to okay. <laughs> so this morning at eight thirty in the morning, on May eleventh, twenty twenty three, um, the Philadelphia Flyers. Now the reports there would be reports and rumors the day before. Uh, or the night before that, that Keith Jones uh, was going to take over as team president or president of hockey operations that ultimately happened. We're going to talk about that in a sec, but this is the precursor to that in that the Phil- this is what the Philadelphia Flyers, they, they created a graphic, you know, for this. Um, and here it goes. It, it, they go, welcome to a new era of orange. The Philadelphia Flyers organization was built on relentless ambition and loyalty to this city. When you're playing for Philadelphia, you're playing to win and you're giving it your all. That's the bottom line because when you represent this city, nothing less is acceptable. That extends beyond the ice, too. It's about character, sacrifice, integrity, and most importantly, resilience in every single thing we Time do. Time out. <clears throat> One sec. Let me finish the whole thing and <laughs> then, we'll, then we'll go on. When you don the orange and black, you're held to a specific set of standards and you're expected to show up and work your ass off. They have ass in this.
0: <laughs> in I, a press release. In a press
2: release. Work your ass off every single day. It's about doing things the right way. No excuses. No shortcuts. This is a new era of hockey. And we're building a, found, a new foundation for the future, new ways to work, new ways to train, and new ways to win. We have new voices, new perspectives, and new plans. But this is still Flyers hockey, so the goal remains the same: win. There. <laughs> Let's dive into that because there oh, okay. is so much in act. First of all, that's a re- I cannot.
1: That's the a re- buzzwords per oh sixty God. in that statement. What the hell? The the chart is broken. Like they broke the chart, guys. The charts it's dead the chart is dead
2: that so- that honestly <laughs> sounds like it was written by chat gpt that sounds like it was it was written by ai and i wouldn't be shocked if they did that
1: okay so a couple of things that really stood out there um that second sort of blurb that you read about like high character yeah. and high standings um i would just like to point out that um currently playing for the philadelphia flyers are a noted homophobe and a noted racist.
2: They literally have like this is a team that sent out a, that created a, a a just a beautiful uh, designed press statement about how integrity and, and morals off the ice and everything are gonna be part of their- Which is good. We should want that. Oh, absolutely. Um they're the same team that employs Brendan Lemieux and Tony D'Angelo.
1: And Ivan Provorov.
2: Oh yeah, and Ivan Provorov. <laughs> so the the big three as as they like to call them. Another thing too, um, so, and, and this lo- t- ties into what we're going to talk about. The last paragraph. This is a new era of hockey and we're building a new foundation for the future. New ways to work, new ways to train, new ways to win. We have new voices, new perspectives, and new plans. No, you don't.
1: Okay, so new voices. Okay, Keith Jones is a new voice. So, like- No, he's not.
2: He's been on their broadcast for <laughs> 17 years.
1: Okay, I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt.
2: Don't. They don't deserve it.
1: <laughs> okay, so new perspectives. Is there a woman in there? Maybe. Nope. Uh, I don't nope. know. Who uh, knows? No.
2: Is is either Daniel Briere or Keith Jones a woman? I I don't know. I don't know. I don't think Are so. they
1: hiring a woman in in business ops? I'm not really sure. Who knows? Okay. Uh, what was the other one? So there's new voices, new perspectives,
2: and new like new voices, new perspectives, and new plans.
1: Okay, so new plans is funny to me because in order to have a new plan that would make it seem as if you had a prior plan. And the thing about what's happened in Philadelphia the last few years is uh, there's not been a plan.
2: They, they lied. Like they straight up lied. (laughs) We have new voices. You don't, you literally, we have new voices. You hired to lead up. Like you, you had an opportunity to just sort of clean house. There was a big, um, the biggest, I was one of the biggest criticisms of your team Outside of the constant losing, and, and and it's you know because of the reason of the constant losing is that y- you know you have to tiptoe around this this you know like Nepotism. coterie yeah this coterie <laughs> of old players who are exact who are you know consultants or executive consultants now you hired yeah. a, you're two you're two now the people who are going to be heading up the building of the hockey team that's supposed to be that's supposed to be you know like sort of underlined by new voices and new perspectives both played for the team. Both of them played for the team. And the top one has been, has been, you know, on the Philadelphia Flyers broadcast for 17 years. And the other one, or not 17, I think it's like more than like he, he, he joined. uh, No, it
1: is 17, 17.
2: Yeah. So, so 17. Yeah. In like the time it, it takes for like a child to, to graduate from high school, from birth, the guys being on the broadcast, for 17 years he's likely been traveling you know like either on the team plane or he's in the dress like you know team broadcasters they are not supposed to be objective they're supposed to be down there and it local broadcast and the second one is um uh, oh, and you also hired the guy who he—the he, first guy has no hockey ops experience, not at the junior level. He doesn't run a Triple A team. He doesn't like you know <laughs> a in Triple GDHL. A team. The bar is on the
1: floor. Well,
2: because at least Martin Saint Louis was a was an assistant coach on his son's Triple A team before he got hired. And look, it's it's gone fine in in, in Montreal. But yeah. like you look at the the lack of uh, experience, and then the other guy was literally the Dwight to to Chuck Fletcher's Michael Scott. He was the special assistant to the GM and. He also played for the Flyers. Has also been there for the last like 22 months, the entire time. And before that, he was he was still in the organization, running the, the team's ECHL affiliate. So, and and both of these guys have no experience in hot. So, you're telling me that that this is new, new perspectives and new voices. Both of these guys have been entangled in the organization for uh, either on a playing field. Or in in the playing in the context of playing or off the ice, whether they've actually already worked for the team or already were working for the team, or they've been on the broadcast for the for 17 years. This is the opposite of that. You lie to your fans and you lied to us.
1: So you just went through like this whole thing about like Keith Jones, and I feel like a lot of people know him as like he's the broadcaster. And like, yeah, rightfully so. But, so there's, yeah, he's been in broadcasting for, I want to say, like, about 20 years, right? He joined in in 2005.
0: Yeah, a lot of flyer stuff.
1: Um, This is sort of, like, what we know in terms of what people have said about him from, like, watching him. He certainly knows players around the league. Like, you can tell when that guy does a show, you might not agree with his opinions on how the game should be played, etc. But you can tell that that guy is at least prepared. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, he's hes not somebody that is completely out to lunch. That guy does his homework. He is prepared. We have no idea what his philosophies are on team building. So I'm not going to make a judgment call on whether he's good or bad at team building because we just don't know right now.
2: But here's the uh, thing. Can we assume that... You know, like a big thing is like meddling from those executives or can we assume that that guy who's been around them, he likely, you know, goes out for drinks for the, with them after every game. Can we assume yes. that he is going to be the guy when, I don't know, Paul Holmgren or Bobby Clark storms in his office and goes, you got to trade Travis connected because he's too small. You know, I'm scared of small people, you know, like <laughs> it, it, and are you going to be are you going to be confident that Keith Jones is going to go? No. And here's why he's going to go. All right. Well, my buddy, Paul, I guess. All right, Paul, he's another yes, man.
1: I, I Yeah, and that's the thing is, like, I do wonder. The one thing I will say about Keith Jones is, like... Great human. I I think he gets this rap because he is an old boys club guy. I think he gets this rap that he's just like everyone else. But the thing is, is, like, I can't speak for other people. I can only speak for myself. I always found Keith Jones to be a really approachable human being. He's super generous with his time. He's kind. And a, we've harped about this on, the, on our podcast. I know Dangle has on his... Um, hockey needs like good human beings. Yes. And, um, Jones, and by and, all
2: accounts is a phenomenal. Yeah. Game.
1: And so with the Philadelphia Flyers right now, like there are just so many examples in hockey where like, and we're going to get to this, mm-hmm. the whole Chicago situation where there are bad humans in hockey. Yeah. And for me, if you want to have a good organization, and if you're Philadelphia, you want to build this culture of like respect and integrity and, and winning and, um, if you want to do that, it starts at the top. And so to me, whether Keith Jones is going to be good at his job or not, at least Philadelphia, and we don't know that yet. We really don't, so it's no, not we, we, look, yeah. fair to him, but like at the very minimum, I'm pleased to see that Philadelphia took the part of we need the guy at the top to lead by example very seriously. Mm-hmm. Because if the guy, like if Keith Jones is leading it and Everyone's expected to treat people the way that Keith Jones treats people, then I'm actually more confident that the the hockey part of the organization will get going in a positive direction. And to me, I, I know it's the bare minimum, but at least the flyers did that.
2: Yeah. look, I think <laughs> it's I think anytime a good human being gets appointed to a position of power in hockey, we need to celebrate it because as we've seen, and as you've said, you know, there have been so many situations where, That hasn't been the case. You know, unfortunately, it's not it's not the norm for a good person to be given a position of power in hockey. Um, But I say that to say that and everything I've heard about Keith Jones, phenomenal human being, nicest guy on the planet, always has time for for, you know, like new up and coming reporters or, you know, like just basically a great human being like this is not an attack. He's great. This is not an attack on Keith Jones character at all. I want to make that very, very, very clear. Keith, I like, you know, Keith Jones, great human being love him. We like and
1: Keith I, Jones on this podcast. We like, we
2: like Keith Jones, like Keith Jones is someone that, you know, like I would feel safe with, you know, working for that someone that, you know, great guy at the same time though. Like we, you know, like if it's that, you have to be somewhat qualified to hold your position and like this, and and not only is hiring Keith Jones, a guy with zero hockey ops, Experience and yes, he's been in the he's been you know he he played the game yeah but that's not the same he's being a, a uh you know a broadcaster so he's likely you know like stuck his head in on on meetings or whatever I get it like whatever but that's still not the same um and uh so he having someone that's with no hockey ops and like the bit and I I go back to this the biggest criticism uh from this season is that this team like the Flyers they they you know, it's the old boys club that is holding them back. And what do they do? It had a chance to chart this new era of orange, as they like to call it. They could have hired, they could have waited for Toronto, uh, uh, you know, to get, to get bounced and make a huge pitch to Kyle Dubas, or they could have, you know, or they could have, you know, dug someone up from, you know, from any, like from Seattle's front office, from anyone, you know, they could have, they could have gone in, in so many different directions you know, like hired a a really strong, you know, like sort of They could have even,
1: honestly, like even though he's a former player, hiring Eric Lindros, who very clearly has forward-thinking thoughts about the game.
2: Or even just like, you know, just just going and, and hiring smart people. Um, and I'm not saying that I'm not saying that Keith Jones isn't smart, I'm sure he's brilliant. I've never met him, but I, I no, but here's
1: heard. here's the thing, and, and Thomas Drance pointed this out. Yeah, right. So you mentioned he doesn't have experience, not even like At in all. a front office, None. but Zero. as an executive.
2: Zero. And he hasn't been an assistant to the GM, he hasn't been a towel
1: boy, he hasn't But he, he has also been hasn't enough. been a business person, right? Yeah. And so I think there's a couple things here. First of all, there's a difference between a poho, which is what he is, and a president. But Thomas Drance, I think. Nailed it, but I think it needs to be broken down a little bit. So he tweeted, we live in a world where Ottawa is going to sell for more than a billion dollar valuation. If your team is appointing organizational leaders with zero experience or significant qualifications like an NBA or JD, which is a lawyer, mm. not NHL games played or broadcast experience, it's a joke. And I will say this. If you're hiring someone to be the president of your organization, mm. That means that that person's in charge of the business side of things. So the ticketing, the marketing, the f the le- the legalities, like all of that. If you're hiring someone to be a president of your organization with no business experience or qualifications, yes, absolutely. You are a complete moron because that is totally ridiculous in this day and age. In fact, I'd argue that a president of a major sports team, it's probably better that they don't have any sports experience at all but from a poho perspective you're below the president so like it's a little bit different i, I it's very clear that danny Briere is going to have final say over hockey operations decisions i feel like they've made that pretty clear so to me what keith jones's position is and it's not like honorific it's it's one of those things where i genuinely think they hired keith jones one because they know he's a good human being but two they believe that in order for Danny Briere to be successful, they need somebody who can kind of control the message from guys like Paul Holmgren and Bobby Clark, and they feel like Keith Jones is that guy because he's developed that relationship. So maybe he's not in on, um, like, the decision-making. Maybe he's the buffer. And Lord only know, we know Philadelphia ownership likes to get involved, but, like, how are you – like, why is that necessary?
2: You're going to pay – someone like upwards of millions of dollars.
1: Yeah, it's You're... two and a half a year at least.
2: Yeah. To be a buffer? Yep. Like I Man, you know what Rachel? I
1: almost this... think that's like unfair to Keith Jones too, because it's like, why are you putting him like why is he gonna have to be the middleman? Like Rachel, that objectively sucks.
2: So when I when I first moved into this apartment, um Clearly the person who had, because it, it got a total re like, you know, my landlord like apparently sunk a bunch of money into just completely renovating my apartment because the guy who lived in it before um, was not exactly the cleanest person. And, you know, like it took me a billion scented candles, whatever, to, to get the cigarette smell out of here. But like, you know, painted it completely, put in new floors, all that. Um, but clearly the mice of the neighborhood um, didn't realize the guy had moved out. They still oh, thought no. that, that their buffet was, was still open. Um, and so for the first like couple months, I realized, Oh, Oh, I have some unexpected visitors all the time. Um, and so when, <laughs> you know, when they come, I try and catch them and, you know, deal with that problem and whatever. But I realized it was just sort of like, like I, I realized this is not the, this is not the right idea. Like, why am I, why am I trying to react to a situation when I can be proactive? So instead, I, I, you know, I, I hunted, I did the work, I hunted down to figure out where they were coming in. And then I, I got, you know, and then I, I googled all right, best ways to stop mice from from coming in. And the the thing was steel wool and peppermint ex- essential oil. So, yep. I, so I found it and I plugged the hole that they were coming in with, with a bunch of steel wool haven't even looked at it since. Uh, and then I just sort of like did a seance in front of it with it, with, uh, with peppermint <laughs> a peppermint essential seance. oil, you know, just like did the like holy water. Mike,
1: Mike's doing like a, a mouse ceremony. Exactly. In his condo.
2: And wow, look at that. They, I haven't had a mouse since and a lot. And what what they're doing, or at least if they, you know, by hiring Keith Jones to be the buffer, what the Philadelphia Flyers are doing. Is they are they are going? All right. Well, we're just going to try and catch all the mice, and eventually, hopefully, they'll stop coming. Instead of figuring out, instead what, of having like, a séance, instead of addressing the problem, you're it's hiring something- a guy and paying him a, mu- a bunch of money to be a buffer for these guys for um, for this message because you don't trust the message of this group of people. Instead of just getting rid of them, getting the group rid of, people. of them, it's ridiculous. Yeah. I, don't, I,
1: I feel bad. For, I honestly like. There's a part of me that feels bad for Keith Jones, and like. I want him to be successful because he's such a nice man. Yes. Like, I hope it goes so well for both him and Danny Breer because Danny They're Breer is also such a great dude. So I, I not genuinely... Not a huge fan of his
2: son, but, you know, love Danny Breer. Yeah, himself.
1: it's not great. But mm. I, I genuinely hope it, it goes well. And if Keith Jones is able to keep the um, old boys club at bay, he will be the first person to be able to do that.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we'll have to see and I don't think that I don't think the most I don't think the person like Keith Jones seems like a really nice guy he also seems like someone who um, like there's a reason why he has reputations because he's just like really friendly with everyone and I just don't think that that lends should lend any confidence towards him being able to stand up against this group of people that are somehow untouchable in this organization who are who are running into the ground basically
1: I love that, like these executive, like honorific positions get paid like a couple hundred thousand dollars a year. These, these, just to give everyone idea, an idea. People like Bobby Clark and Paul Holmgren, who are doing exactly what they're doing in Philadelphia, make more than the analytics department. Yeah, it's like it's, honorific positions are making more than people that have computer science degrees in in hockey. Just think about that for a second. It's boggling,
2: boggling my mind, Rachel. All right, let's talk about. Connor Bedard, future <laughs> Chicago Blackhawk. Um, yeah, I hate. I hate that we don't. You know, I hate that this is a second sort of uh, like you know like negative esque topic. We apologize for that. Um, well, but we're gonna me-
1: try and keep it businessy as opposed to like make us angry at everyone.
2: <laughs> but what I will say is that it just goes back to the fact that this is like the nhl just dropping the ball again and even in just like an entertaining perspective because this is this is the draft lottery this is a like like when Connor bedard wins his first stanley cup when he wins his last stanley cup in like 20 years and you know he has like seven rings to his name or whatever like they will show clips of the draft lottery when the chicago blackhawks got that pick just like they do when austin matthews does anything remarkable they always go back to brendan shannon and turn uh, you know or turning
1: that card turning over that
2: card over exactly um and the actual presentation of the draft lottery was horrible and it was ruined like it, it like like i i think it was just an innocent mistake by by kevin weeks but like he spoiled it right off the hop like he like like when it was getting down to where all the drama is he straight up just spoiled the fact yeah, that like
1: somebody straight up didn't tell Kevin they were going to break
2: exactly and then and then it, again I know it's not sort of like and, and obviously like uh there being everyone's pushed back against the against the fact that you know or against the notion that you know it's rigged or whatever and it's
1: not rigged. I don't think it's
2: rigged like I think it I you know, do you think it
1: was rigged he'd be in in Chicago right now no he'd be in Arizona and Which, do you think if the draft lottery was rigged McDavid would be in Edmonton? No, he'd be in Toronto. Like it's not rigged, guys.
2: <laughs> blows my mind. And so they they like it's another, you know, monumental opportunity for them to to create drama, to create the spectacle. I remember when Zion Williamson was about to get drafted uh, or okay. was was coming up. He was like the next legendary prospect and uh And the NBA made a big pomp and circumstance deal over the lottery. It was, you know, it it was huge. It was appointment television. They just kind of squirted this thing through.
0: You know, it was terrible.
1: I remember, I feel like it might have. Yeah, it was the Matthews draft. Um, And even the McDavid draft, like they had McDavid in studio. And like they had for the Matthews draft, they had all the GMs in studio. For me, if you're in the draft lottery and you have a chance at the number one pick, you're very clearly not attending a playoff game. Mm-hmm. So you're like, they should have brought everybody to the NHL network studio in New York and done it that way. So you could have that live reaction of Brendan Shanahan. You could have that live reaction of Conor Bedard, who isn't going to the world championships. Like, I think that would have been great, but like leave it to the NHL to just botch that one.
2: And then obviously there's the, there's the result, which is Connor Badar going to the Chicago Blackhawks, and again, not rigged. This is just the way that the lottery balls fell. But just the worst, the absolute worst possible situation. And now, a generational talent, a generational talent will be will be followed around, will be tied to this legacy, and will be followed around by he will like just by him landing to Chicago at this time will be a. And it's through no fault of his own, obviously. Yeah, I
1: feel bad for him because people are going to inevitably ask, gonna ask him. And yeah. that's not something, one, that Connor Bedard should have to answer for. And two, he didn't, neither Bedard nor the fans did anything wrong.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: He and will so be... to be upset at that. Now, every single Blackhawks fan that came into my mentions being like, you're so salty, LOL, get over it. Or the few people that, told me that rocky worth sold the team he did not. um those people screw those people but the majority of blackhawks fans were like f this <laughs> like no thanks and so like i don't i don't like when people are saying that um people should boo bedard or that no chicago he didn't do anything. anything yeah Connor bedard didn't do anything and the fans of chicago didn't do anything either in fact i'd argue that a lot of them deserve some credit because they just straight up stopped showing up
2: Connor Bedard plays a hockey game and then goes into a hyperbaric chamber and is yeah. then and then is then released from that hyperbaric chamber like an hour before his next hockey game. He he does not
1: Connor Bedard was like, I think five years old when this sexual assault took place. So just maybe chill.
2: Rachel, is it good for a major one of the four major American sports leagues that their next face of the Fran, like face potential face of the league? The league. Their generational they're generational prospect, generational talent. They're their biggest, like a massive money-making chip for them because that's what they look at them as. as,
1: Well, Yeah. They sold over $5 million in season tickets in the first 24 hours to put that in perspective. They were fined $2 million for the Kyle beach situation.
2: They made $3 million off the Kyle beach situation. Um, And so
1: going to be very much more than that. Yeah.
2: Is it good for the league that the, that, the first reaction to learning where that generational talent, that potential facelessly talent will go is a like F off. And then B, I wonder if he refuses to be drafted by that team.
1: <laughs> it's not is that good. Right.
2: Is that good for, for the, the first talking point with this guy is should, is he going to refuse to be drafted by this team? And he won't because Connor Bedard, you know, toes is, the line.
1: He's yeah. not going to
2: do that, but Someone oh. needs to
1: get him on the phone with Eric Lindros right quick.
2: Well, also like Wayne Gretzky while Oof. the Kyle Beach thing was going on said basically if I'm a parent like in and, and my child do- gets yeah. dra- gets drafted by that team, I have to I have to re- wonder if I'm going to feel that my child is going to be safe.
1: I got to be honest with you and like this is me seeing this from like a a hockey perspective but also like hockey parent perspective, if I'm Connor Bedard's parents, I'm moving to Chicago. Like, this guy is not living with Andreas Athanasiu or whatever Seth Jones leadership nonsense they want to spew at me. No, no, no. We're moving to Chicago to make sure that our son is protected. And here's the thing, is like, what really upset me about this from a business perspective is first-round draft picks have the chance to generate like millions of dollars, as we've seen. Arizona lost a draft, like a first-round draft pick for working out draft-eligible players without consent. Mm. New Jersey lost a draft pick for the Ilya Kovalchuk contract. They got got it back, but it was at the end of the first round. Yeah. When the Jenner and Block report came out, I remember you and I said they should be stripped of at least two first-round draft picks. And at the time, they had already traded... For Seth Jones. So they didn't have their 2022 pick. Which means we said that they should have been stripped of 2023 and 2024. I don't know what episode it was, but we said no, that. No, we said
2: it. It was right when it was happening. And that, that should be the minimum. Because that's the only way that a team will learn. The so, NHL franchise, yeah. is specifically one in Chicago. A, a legacy, you know, like, like original six franchise in the market of Chicago. Is going like two million dollars is a drop in the bucket. It is nothing. Like you said, they made five million the first 24 hours of getting this player. They the only way they will learn and deter their behavior is if you directly impact their uh, like like their ability on the ice, which then impacts their pocketbook to an extent that they cannot they like they cannot make it up. My my issue
1: here is first of all, the NHL did nothing, not because of the situation they did nothing because it's rocky words and rocky words is on like he's the second most powerful owner behind jeremy jacobs they were never going to punish him the same way that they punished the coyotes but to me a bad contract or working out players being less like getting more of a punishment for sexual like getting more punishment than covering up sexual assault to me is just totally unacceptable it sends A terrible message because basically what you're saying is if you're a big market team you don't have to abide by the same rules as a team like arizona or as a team like new jersey and i think that's nonsense i think the fact that gary bettman didn't stand up to rocky words just because he's an owner he's a coward is is yeah it's very cowardly and i look at it (sighs) and i go okay in what manner would i have been okay with bedard going to chicago and i think i have like one answer to that what if the nhl had if you remember when donald sterling was forced to sell the clippers oh, over like a racist remark like multiple if racist the,
2: remarks yeah, yeah. but yeah.
1: what i'm saying is is not covering up sexual assault yes
2: like still which, really really bad but
1: racism yeah. bad covering up sexual assault a little bit worse
2: yeah ruins um, lives yeah
1: exactly So to me, if the NHL's response to the Jenner and Block report was, you need to sell the team, and Chicago then won the lottery, I wouldn't have an issue with that because I'd probably look at it and say, that's great for the new owners. They're going to get a fresh start. Like, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't really have a problem with that. The fact that Rocky Words wasn't punished at all is what bothers me. And now he's going to stand to profit. Probably what's going to amount to hundreds of millions of dollars.
2: The thing is, Rachel, he wasn't punished twice. He wasn't punished first when he oversaw this. And he wasn't yeah. punished the second time when at a town hall, he was asked questions about this and lost his mind at the reporters. And, yeah, ba- and basically, Mark Lazarus and the other guy as well i can't remember who scott in, i think like,
1: it's uh ben pope or scott powers it,
2: it wasn't ben pope it wasn't no it was it was another person it was one another local person because those are it's lazarus pope and powers are the three sort of like big guys in chicago it was a different person but like he wasn't he he wasn't punished in a like i feel like the nhl should have been like all right rocky we're giving you a slap on the wrist because you're you know one of the executives fine but like just stay out of the limelight you know like this is big this this this, this scan this scandal like hit our brand a lot so just shut up for the next little
0: bit
1: yeah conduct detrimental to the shield is literally in the nhl code of conduct and if this was not conduct detrimental to the shield then i'm not really sure what is
2: and then he immediately the first time he's in front of fans and media like w- where it's not over zoom because remember all yeah. of his prepared remarks and they were prepared remarks came in up in a sterile conference room over zoom i was in those zoom meetings i asked the question oh, yeah. i saw it um and 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 the first time he's in front of those people he has one of the more embarrassing shocking you know like ludicrous hissy fits about how his or about how questions about how his organization covered up the sexual assault and ruined the life or like elite you know kyle beach's Thankfully, it seems like on his feet now, but for a long period of time, ruined the life and career of, of a human being um, that, that it's unfair that he's getting these questions that should have been the moment where the NHL steps in and goes, all right, your next two first round picks, they're gone because we gave yeah. you an opportunity. We gave you a slap on the wrist. We were lenient and we took arrows for that and you proved a, and you, and you turned around and spat in our face by doing this. You're wrong. And, and yet they didn't. And now here the bad guy wins again. And, unfor- and now it is unfortunately tied a generational potential face of the fr- face of the league prospect to a scandal that he has nothing to do with, and it yeah. will follow him around forever. It it, it really is. It, it it's it's a darn shame. But
1: and the the wor- like one of the worst parts about this is is it's going to be good for the NHL because oh, it's now be amazing. Look at this. Think about the. Ma- I'm talking like major markets in the NHL. All now have a superstar. Toronto mm-hmm. has Matthews. The Rangers have Adam Fox and Igor Shosturkin for that matter. Mm-hmm. Chicago now has Connor Bedard. Boston has David Posternak, Charlie like Boston is Boston. They have Pasternak McAvoy. Like they're also probably the best team in the league mm-hmm. in terms of consistently being good. Right? You've got McDavid and Edmonton. That's obviously not ideal from like a market perspective, but he's done a great job of. Growing the game just as a whole, right? But if you think about it, Sidney Crosby effectively saved oh, yeah, he's for the Penguin's reason... franchise. The Blackhawks were never going to need saving.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like the Words family has been involved with the Blackhawks since the end of World War II. And to me, the NHL is going to end up winning in this because now all of the billboards. Are going to include multiple original six teams, mm-hmm. three if not four, with award-winning superstars like Adam Fox has a Norris, Austin Matthews has a heart. You're kidding yourself if you don't think Connor a- McDavid, um, Connor Bedard is going to win um, trophies. Like, uh, yeah, like he's going to win either a Rocket or Heart or both. And for that, like from a marketing perspective, that's going to be so good for the NHL and all it's going to do is serve to bury the fact that this organization is awful like even for me if the NHL would have said Rocky you're out Danny has to take over or like we're stripping you of picks I probably would have allowed that because then at least the head of the snake is out of the organization and Mm -hmm. Danny kind of seems like he wants to do better because he's a little bit younger but man like this is just it's such a bad message to send, and we were sitting here being like, "Ugh, Arizona is going to be the worst" because none of us even considered that Chicago was going to win.
0: Yeah, we would all take
1: Arizona right now.
2: And like, yeah, I would take would, Arizona it would, right it now. Would, it would pain me a lot, but I would take Arizona over over and this circumstance. And
1: the one thing is, like, the hockey related revenue from this, like, let's call a, a spade a spade here. Bedard going to Chicago is far better for hockey related revenue than it is for Arizona because I guarantee you that they sold more season tickets in the first 24 hours than Arizona had all of last year like yeah that's the impact that him going to a big market could have so yes this does mean the TV rights are going to be a thing it also means Chicago is going to be playing in more outdoor games it also if means that's even possible yeah it also means there's going to be a ton more jerseys because like like Would I have purchased a Kachina Bedard jersey? Yeah, probably. Mm -hmm. Or a Columbus one? Yeah, but I probably wouldn't have gotten an Anaheim one. Had Chicago not been a Hot Mess Express, I absolutely would have purchased a Blackhawks Bedard jersey. But I just, under no circumstances will I give that organization my money right now.
2: Yeah, you can't. You can't. I
1: I just can't. So yeah, it, it sucks, but... He's playing. We did ask for him to be in the Midwestern time zone. And instead of St. Louis or Columbus, we got Chicago, but at least we got that.
2: And, you know, like from a hockey perspective, he is going to catapult that that rebuild up like at least two years. And, you know, like uh, the, Imagine the if
1: they still had to Brinket. at.
2: I know the Blackhawks have an insane <laughs> amount of draft capital. They have two firsts and I believe four seconds this year and then two firsts the next two firsts for this year the next year and the next year and one of them is the Leafs 2025 first and we have no idea what the Leafs are going to look like in 2025 so that could be that could be a pretty high pick I know I think it's top five protected though or top 10 protected yeah so, so the thing about the that is year.
1: either way they still shouldn't have their own picks
2: yes um it's so nonsense it's, it's total it's ridiculous. nonsense it's ridiculous uh violence is off the charts rachel um
1: let me get this straight we've got buzzwords per 60 off the charts we've got bad vibes per 60 off the charts and now we have violence per 60 off the charts
2: this is bad you know what though like here's the thing the nhl like the playoffs the intensity gets ramped up the hits are harder the you know like the inches are are hard harder to come by which is great um but that that can only be a very good thing if it is underlined by like a mechanism that, like like that sort of acts as a deterrent that that. Uh, what am I going to call? What am I going to say? What's the word? Jeez, <laughs> He's so, geez, so upset geez. right
1: now. He actually can't form his
2: like adjudicates thought. it. I don't know. Like like basically like renders it so there is consequences because there aren't. Like, like, yes, Alex, Alex uh, Petrangelo. I was shocked to learn that he's going to get a. He has a fine I was
1: wholly expecting a fine.
2: I was expecting either nothing or a fine. Um, look,
1: considering Evander think... Kane cross-checked Petrangelo in the face last game and was not even fined. I... Yeah,
2: or you know, Sam Bennett put a 20-year-old in a friggin' like RKO head choke and, and gave him a
1: <laughs> or radko Gudis almost decapitating yeah. somebody. Yeah. It just
2: seems and I, you know, I I we're gonna keep this relatively brief because I don't want it to just be, you know, like 20 yeah. minutes of Mike and Rachel complaining about, you know, like I don't want that to be the podcast. But like, holy smokes, man. Like it just seems like there is more like egregious like like incidents lately and and now it just seems like the end like the nhl community at large has gone like there's what's the point of even getting upset about this they're not going to get like like they're not going to get fined or not get like i remember when Brendan shanahan was was uh, uh was at the helm he was fine
0: those are the days
2: and i remember as a dumb like 15 16 year old I remember, you know, like being like, what the heck is this guy doing? He's suspending people for a crazy long amount of time in the playoffs. Cause I remember, I think his first or second year he was in there. There was just an insane, like, it was like this, it was like this playoffs where it just like everyone lost their mind and decided to just try and murder each other. Like it was, like and then Ra- he was
1: like, "You get a suspension, and you get a suspension, and you get a suspension."
2: Like the Raffi Torres stuff was like, cool. you know, like going crazy. You know, like there was like I believe Sean Avery was still in the mix there. It was it was nuts. Chris
1: Simon, remember when he stepped on someone? Yeah. I,
2: I don't think it was, but I remember it was like specifically in the playoffs. Like there was just a crazy amount of stuff. And Brandy Shanahan, he drew a lot of criticism. And from me as a fifteen-year-old, because I'd never seen this before, and I was like, I was like, oh, it's like you know, he's getting suspended and whatnot. But like he got. He would just hand out like seven game suspensions in the playoffs like crazy. And now it yeah. just seems like, I mean, I guess unless you're Michael Bunting, it just seems like there is no like there, there's no that that George Paros is extremely lenient to the so point where we, I wonder if he's even doing his job.
1: So from a like, once again, from a business perspective, mm-hmm. uh, can we just both agree that if Leon Dreisaitl's wrist gets broken, that's bad for the league in terms of business and absolutely. And, Things? Okay, very good. Can we also agree that it's bad if the lead highlight on Center is that said Lumberjack Slash?
2: It's bad, yes. It's,
1: it's bad, right? So and the reason I say this is because the NHL is falling behind, even MLS, and that is not ideal um, for the NHL. But this is what happens. Like, I actually thought – I want to say two games ago, I thought the rain or the devil's Canes game was officiated really well. Like I thought that they kept control. They called what needed to be called, but allowed like some playoff hockey to sort of occur. But if you were going to run around and be a dummy, they called you for it. Mm -hmm. So to me, the refs, it, it, it starts with the mandate and then the refs, it, that mandate comes down from Colin Campbell and Stephen Walkham. And then the refs lose control of games because they're trying to follow the mandate while also balancing a powder keg. And then DOPS doesn't do anything. So then we end up with Kane on Petrangelo in game three, cross-checking him in the face. Then we end up Kane on Petrangelo, which was very close to the cadre hit that broke his wrist last night. And then no crap, Petrangelo's furious and does a Full blown, like Crime. I've seen lumberjacks take less of a swing on mm-hmm. Dreisaitl's wrist to the point where Connor McDavid, the league's like ombudsman for being silent, w- scoffed and laughed at how ridiculous that was, and he didn't even get a match penalty for attempting to injure. Like, what was he doing then?
2: It. it like, the what the was inability- he doing? This is what this is why the the like the refs present a standard because everything in hockey is a butterfly effect, man. The fact that they didn't they they didn't penalize Evander Kane for going after Petrangelo and cross-checking him in the face and losing his mind led Petrangelo to try and seek retribution and potentially take out a guy who's on pace to like break playoff scoring records. If he you know if that if that had landed in you know like an inch or two uh that's an, an inch higher or you know either direction and it hit like straight bone or whatever, like a meet imit- like Leon Dreisidel, he'd probably try and play through it, but that's his wrist gone. And so it like the failure to act then leads to a potential injury and it makes the game more dangerous, less safe. And if I'm a player, I wonder like like how can I feel safe playing this game? How can I f- well, like know and this? that wasn't yeah.
1: even like that wasn't even the only example last night? Like to me. I I saw a lot of it being talked about. I didn't have any issue with the Brandon Montour hit on Morgan Riley at the end of the game. It's still in the context of the game. Did I think it was a little high and really unnecessary? Yes, but it was in the context of the rules. Mm -hmm. What I did have a problem with was Sam Bennett jumping on top of Jake McCabe, mounting him, Mm -hmm. and then punching him. That is not only not allowed in the rule book. It also breaks this, like, really dumb thing we have called the code. Yeah,
2: the code changes. The code is, is like, how hardcore Christians view the Bible. It changes, <laughs> like, they gerrymander to the point where it fits their specific. Like, the Correct. code can be anything.
1: Like, do I think the Gudis hit on Camp was as bad as the Makar hit on McCann? Absolutely not. Do I think it was dangerous? Yes. And to me, you can have, like, if Gudis wasn't suspended and he was fined for that hit, that's fine, but at very, very minimum, it's a two-minute penalty because otherwise you have a devolving thing. So, like, that Gouda's hit kind of started the powder keg, and then that led to what happened at the end of the game where you have players punching down opponents. You have whatever was going on between Matthew Kachuk and Mitch Marner, and then in the later game, you have a hit that goes called in the previous game, then a hit that goes on called in the current game, a blowout, and now you have what was very nearly a shattered wrist. Mm-hmm. And we haven't even talked about cross-checking. Like, to me, it's it's bad for the game from a business perspective. I don't even, like, at this point, I don't give a crap who wins anymore. But I'm going to be really freaking pissed if the way that this is being disciplined leads to me not being able to watch Leon Dreisaitl or austin matthews or jack hughes because some numb nuts decides that they want to take them out and the league wants to do nothing about it it's anarchy and that's bad for business people the casual fan or the person that like my sister is not tuning in to watch the hockey game she's tuning in because austin matthews is cool
0: mm-hmm. yeah like
1: and if austin matthews isn't playing she's not watching so you need to keep these players in the games, which means when the penalties are there, you should probably call them.
2: Yeah, I think that's that's as good of a a summation as you can make. And and also, I, one last thing I'd say is that maybe we'd be spending less time talking about it if the second round actual hockey was entertaining. <laughs> because this only is being, one
1: series has been good, and it's been the one that has like a three well three one score now
2: at this point like it's it it just man it's oh, it's, it's been so rough much. after and after a great first round man like that was a great first round that was one I, of I the best first so, rounds
1: we've had in years
2: so much fun and yet and it, so
1: it, it, who knows rashy second round
2: and who knows man maybe a team coming back from being down 3-0 if they do it like that maybe that could be you know something that leads to a phenomenal mm-hmm. end to the second round
0: it'd be great
1: i'm going to have like an existential crisis if that happens because the people in my house are going to my grandmother was watching the game yesterday and I just want you to know them so for everyone who doesn't know like my grandmother is ill but Mm. like she watch she loves to watch golf and baseball but and then the raptors but she I was sitting on the couch she wants to sit with her grandkid and and watch hockey and she is like 90% deaf so I I turn it up so that like she can hear (laughs) when the anthems were on last night she asked me to turn it off because it was so bad oh
2: goodness okay yeah.
1: <laughs> a deaf person was like no this is I don't want to hear this
2: I don't I don't want to like again you know this is just like I don't want to clown on someone I don't even know her name you know like all that whatever but whole, like that was the worst <laughs> anthem that was the worst like non-disaster anthem like where someone forgets the lyrics or yeah, you know like that was like, worse
1: than what was the Nelly Furtado one
2: no no no, nothing's worse than Fergie. Fergie was incredible. No no Fergie no.
1: The Fergie one is the worst one, but there was a Nelly Furtado one that was like uber weird. Was there?
2: Okay, I, I don't even remember that. But No, like, the
1: Fergie one is untouchable. Her, her and Carl Lewis, untouchable.
2: The like. but that one last night was like in the Florida game. Like I I I tweeted I'm like, "Do they audition these people before?" Because it seemed like the the you know, Sonia, I can't remember her last name, but Sonia in in Tampa, the the, oh, the she's, great. she's She's my girl. Like I love her. She, I, you yeah. know, love her. I would I ride and die for Sonia. Like, you know... It, it, she's your it, new you know. Martina. Uh Yeah, well, I mean, now the Martina... Like, Martina legitimately has the voice of an angel. She's, like, a superstar now. Like, she's legitimately, like, <laughs> so The in thing about movies. last night,
1: and maybe we'll end on talking about national anthems because it's kind of fun. Yeah. Um, and then we'll briefly mention <laughs> Micah McCurdy getting into a Twitter fight. With but, the Dallas stars. <laughs> yeah. Like, the thing about anthem singers is... Like I understand, we're not expecting you to have like professional recording artists all the time. Like you know what? Sometimes, um, what's his name? Dallas, uh, Dallas Smith shows up and does it for Edmonton, or um, like a country singer, whatever. Every so often, like the Leafs had somebody famous show up. Like I'm sure if Justin Bieber asked to sing the national anthem, the Leafs would probably be like, "Yeah." Dude, you Martina
2: is famous. She's straight up like a yeah. like a she like she has albums coming out. She the yeah. Leafs. It's like the Leafs got friggin' Beyonce. As A she was coming, as she was coming up,
1: but like then you, then you have this, and it's, it's like okay, she wasn't great, but if she just shows up and sings the anthem and other people in the crowd sing along, like we can manage. But then at the end, when she was trying to do oh, the man. falsettos and the vibratos, I was like, okay, that's enough.
2: Don't the thing Don't about any of that. The thing about an anthem singing is, I first of all, I don't think it should even happen. Like, it's no, there's no, there's no point. It sucks. I mean, I imagine
1: it. explaining to Europeans that yeah. you sing anthems at the beginning of every game that doesn't involve a nation. They cannot, like, even Champions League, where like a team from Germany plays a team from France, they don't play the national anthems.
2: Well, it's also the fact <laughs> that like half the players on the ice are not part of either country. Like, they keep, yeah. they'll, they'll show like friggin' like Cali Yarncroke or something on the bench during, I'm just like, what, why is he looking solemn? Like, he,
1: like it's no different when like the Canadian anthem is like 50% of the National Hockey League is Canadian players. So on any given night, probably 50% of the people are Canadian mm-hmm. and they're not even hearing their anthem because they play for a US team. Like, honestly, I think the whole anthem thing is extremely stupid, especially being European. Where but it's the, just straight up not a thing.
2: But the peep, the thing is, some anthem singers they look at that. They look at that that national anthem as like, I don't know. I, I, they they look it's at it audition. as they look at it as like as like sharpay in in high school musical. <laughs> like like they look at it as being like this is my moment you know like this is this is me it is it's my time and like it's not they're
1: doing it in the school cafeteria there's this like this like, whole thing i like, want like, it
2: all yeah. like, it's, it's like that but it's like no it just literally just belts out the the terrible songs cuz both national anthems do not slap and i will say that like they suck um no. but like like just say it and then we can get on with the with the game because you know what's
1: crazy is yeah. like arguably the best national anthem in terms of pieces of music mm-hmm is the Russian one. I don't even know what it sounds like. The nicest sounding anthem in terms of like composure, like how it was, how it was made and composition, all like all that. But I don't want to hear that for very obvious reasons right now. To me, just like playing the national anthem, we have a problem. I don't know if you've noticed this, Mike, with your political science background. We have a problem with nationalism in North America. Mm -hmm. And I don't think we need to be, um, encouraging that behavior
0: yeah. at
1: sporting events and on television, I think, if anything, it maybe needs to be toned down a lot.
2: Maybe just a smidge. But anyway, <laughs> let's, before we head out, for some reason, um, the Dallas Stars decided to clap back against a <laughs> an analytics, uh, you know, a, a Twitter the account. analytics he, yeah, guy. Yeah, Michael Blake-McCurdy, who, you know, does great work. Like, he just was like, I, I've, he literally, it was, it was relatively, like, in his team. And that he was just like, I wonder why, you know, like, and why Miro Heiskanen, you know, is getting praised because he was on for zero goals, four to against, like, he kind of got shelled in his minutes. And then the stars came in and were just like, like, he's really nice. <laughs> so how dare you? And like, first how dare all, you? Miro Heiskanen is like an analytical darling. He's one of like, you know, I, I have staked my foot in the ground saying that he is the most underrated player in the NHL. Like,
1: yeah. And nowhere in that tweet did Micah say Miro Heiskanen is bad.
2: No, he just said like this, like, he's like, I wonder why the narrative doesn't fit the results for him in this game. And your team is in the yeah. second round and your branded actual Twitter account jumps in the replies. is just like, yeah, well, he's really nice. And, and he impacts them in other ways. So ha. Like,
1: what? It makes no sense. <laughs> and then Bonks Mullick goes, You know, a great way to grow the game is when you clown on the analytics person that everybody loves.
2: Yeah. And like, here's the thing there was a, like, the, the reason why there was, like, the Corsi Wars, you know, it, back in the days, because analytics people were real dicks online. Jerks. Like, they were, like, they, they, I'm just going to say, it. they were all Jack Han. They were all. I'm smarter than you. Uh, you know, like whatever. I'm gonna hold a Twitter AMA while my wife is giving birth. That kind of stuff. <laughs> like they were, which is ridiculous. But no, like they were all like, they were. They all thought themselves like holier than thou, and that if you said like, well, I think I like this one player because I think he's he's a nice guy, and, yeah, he might not produce as much as you'd like, but you know, I think it's I think it's good for the team to have him around. They go, you're terrible. How dare you? Like you know stuff yeah. like that. Um. So so Micah
1: is he doesn't do that. Of that he is. Ha- have you met him? No, I have never. Oh my god, like. Micah is one of my favorite people. This is a man who walks around town wearing a tiara because he thinks it's cool, and his it vibe cool. immediately fits that. He gives statistical presentations wearing a tiara, and that is the king behavior mm. that I stand for. He's also super kind with his time. If you reach out to him, he answers questions, even if you're like an old curmudgeon hockey man, like he still makes time for you. I know old curmudgeon hockey men who think very highly of Micah's Mm -hmm. work. And that should probably be the barometer is if people like Evolving Wild who are as analytics as you can get and people that are GMs also think That he does fantastic work. You're
2: doing great. You're building that usually
1: means he's doing fantastic work.
2: Exactly. So I don't get why. And like also the stars, like you're in the second round of the playoffs. Yeah. Like you're, you know, like you you're doing well. Why are you? I don't know.
1: Don't do that. Like we're trying to make hockey more welcoming. Like, I wonder, did they just forget to switch to their burner?
2: I think they probably forgot to switch to because like I did that once is it deleted now? I don't
1: even know. Yeah, it is. Like I I did that once this year, and like (laughs) And now I, I fully know that, like, a bunch of people have spent a whole lot of time looking for my burner, which, like, good luck with you're, that one. You're not going to find <laughs> it. You will never find it. Um, But, yeah, like, I think that might have been a case where they forgot to switch to their burner. But if they didn't and it was actually intentional, don't do that. If you're yeah, going to do weird. it to, like, the weirdos on Twitter and the do people who are Appleton. being – yeah or if you're gonna do it do it where like colorado used to do it where they would clap back at people for being racist or homophobic if you want to clap back at those people please go ahead
2: but don't go don't right ahead that's it makes no sense it's weird yeah but don't clap back at
1: analytics people that's so weird
2: now before we end the podcast uh i would just want to give a quick shout out to finland's prime minister um who divorced her uh her husband um, and it made national news because she is very pretty. So I just want to say Finland's she's prime minister.
1: She's also very good at her job. Yeah.
2: If you're, if you're, uh, you know, if, if you're listening, my DMs are open, slide in there. We will set up a, a nice little time. Anyway, Rachel, we have reached the end of the podcast. Um, <laughs> Michael
1: slides into the DMs of Finland's, Finland's prime, prime, minister. prime minister. In exactly. other news, Michael has been banned from the country of
2: Finland. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Hey, look, that it's not that I would. I just think she's great. I love it, and I I I just want you know whatever whatever the cause of her divorce was, I can I can treat her better. Just want to say, well, your anyway, wife
1: left you, so like you guys are kind of a match made in heavy. Hundred percent, she left have to it. Figure out how to make this work.
2: Yeah, well, for, focus on your sister first, and then we'll then you know <laughs> then we'll be good. Anyway, true. On that note, Rachel, we've reached the end of the podcast. Um, we will be back next week to break everything down, but until then, stay safe and healthy. And Rachel, before we leave, any uh, anything you want to leave our lovely uh, listeners with.
1: Um, don't start dumb Twitter fights and just be nice to each other the world is mean enough let's be nice to each other
2: great alright we'll see you next week peace